If God has been good to you, why don't you give Him praise? Glory. What a mighty God we serve. There isn't anybody like Jesus. Nobody like Jesus. There was one filled with the Holy Ghost today in West Palm Beach. Loxahatchee. Praise God for that. We've been, uh, the government has given us a grant in Gary uh, to have community programs such as uh, mentoring, mentoring young people. And uh, <clears throat> we have been doing these programs for the last oh, six to eight months, um, even a year, probably more like a year in the mentoring end of, of things. And so we have been sowing a lot of seeds, seed into people's lives. We've been helping them with schooling and finding jobs and college placement, etc. And it's been um, through different various events that we've been able to get these folks into the house of God. And this morning at the Rock in Gary, Indiana, we had a first-time visitor. It was a mother and father of a, uh, a mentee that we have been mentoring for the last several months. They came into the house of God, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name. So praise God for that. Amen. So we're excited about what God is doing. Amen. Praise the Lord. Are you ready for a little word tonight? Grab your Bibles and turn to the book of John. The book of John chapter number 17. John chapter 17. And I'd sing a song for you all, but my voice is just about shot. I wish I could. But it is at the end of its rope. Oh, boy. We only have one service on Sunday, so this is three, and uh, I'm making it. I'm making it. Praise God. If you're there, say amen. The Bible says, I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and gavest them me, and have kept thy word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I am come out from thee. They have believed, and thou didst send me. I pray for them. I pray not for the world. He says, I pray for them, the ones that are sent into the world. I don't pray for the world. I pray for the ones that are sent into the world. But for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. And all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world. Jesus is talking about his death, his uh, ascension back to heaven. And I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee, Holy Father. Keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And now I come to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. 
You may not understand tonight why some people hate the church. The reason why they hate the church is because they're not in the church. If they were in the church, they love the church. Amen. Amen. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from evil. I don't want them to be taken out of the world. They need to be in the world. They are my light. I have sent them in the world. I, I, I don't want them to be taken out of the world. I want you to keep them from evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. In verse 18, we're going to key on this tonight. As thou hast sent me into the world, that's speaking of Jesus Christ, even so have I also sent them into the world. Them being the apostles, the disciples, them being the church. I have sent them into the world. And so I just want to preach for a few minutes tonight on this subject, the church God wants and the church the world needs. The church God wants and the church the world needs. Put down your Bibles and one more time, just lift up your hands to heaven and let's ask the Lord to help us tonight. Lord, speak to our hearts, speak to our minds that we may receive what thus saith the word of the Lord. Help us, Lord, we pray. In the wonderful, matchless name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give Him praise. Amen. Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Before anything, there was a God. In Genesis chapter 1, it states, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved. Everyone say it moved. It moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Before God said, Let there be light, He thought light. God thought it. God thought that there should be light. As soon as God thought it, it was, even though you could not see it. As soon as God said, I'm going to make light, it was going to happen. And in essence, it already existed. Then God spoke, let there be, and an invisible, a visible expression of an invisible thought that God had, God had was made tangible. It was a tangible reality to all. In the book of John, chapter 1, verse number 1, it says, and it's much like Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, it says, in the beginning, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It goes on to verse number 14. This Word that was God was an invisible, invisible um, God. It, you could not see it with human eyes. But in John 1 and 14, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The invisible, unknowable, unapproachable God had a thought concept or expression. And that thought concept and expression was Himself. The thought, the concept, and the expression that God had of Himself was made flesh and dwelt among us. And aren't you glad His name is Jesus? But verse 14 does not stop 
just saying, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And it says this, it says, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the father. We beheld the glory of God almighty. The word beheld here means to learn by looking, to learn by looking. The invisible God made himself robed in flesh a visible God that we could see Him and behold His glory. And the glory that we are beholding is the splendor or the righteousness of the glory of God. He was the Lion and the Lamb. He was the Alpha and the Omega. He was the King. He was the Servant. He was the Father and He was the Son. He was fully man and He was fully God. God in His invisible nature is not matter, but the Lord chose to reveal Himself in in flesh the man Christ Jesus is the express invisible the express visible image of the visible invisible God when you talk of father you talk of God invisible when you talk of son you talk of God in flesh aren't you thankful for him tonight it was the plan of God from the foundation of the world that he would die The Bible says that for God so loved the world. Everyone say he loved the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The purpose of the express visible image of God was that he would give himself unto the world. Another name is the cosmos. That God would give himself to the cosmos. That's the Greek word for uh, world. He would give himself unto the world, which interpreted obviously as world, and drove God to give. What, what drove God to give? The very nature that drove God to give was that God is love. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. First John chapter number four, verse number six says, or verse number seven says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that knoweth God loveth God. He that knoweth loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Jesus was sent into this world because God so loved the world. The love that God has for us, you and I, saint and sinner, black, white, yellow, red, brown, pink, whatever it is, uh, rich, poor, Fat, skinny, rich, whatever, whatever it is, God loves us. But I want you to tell, I want to tell something uh, to you about the love of God. The love of God is pure and transparent. It's without strings attached. His love is without repentance. It's without condition. And His love is unchanging. Everything that God does, it's a divine demonstration of His unbridled love towards you and towards I. And so the hills that we climb, that's God's love doing it. The valleys that we find ourselves in, that's the love of God taking us in the valley. Everything that God does is a divine demonstration of who he is, and he says, I am love. Which leads us to our text. This is actually, the text that I read, is actually the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer um, is not necessarily, um, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. That's not exactly the Lord's Prayer. This 
was the Lord's prayer in the garden. He was praying. He said, Lord, even as you have sent me, I send them now into the world. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. The disciples were praying just a few feet away from Jesus Christ. Well, maybe sleeping just a few feet away from Jesus Christ. And he was praying this prayer. He wanted them to hear it. He wanted them to understand. Even so now I send them unto the world. The church of the living God has got to understand this tonight. That we have been sent into this world just as Jesus Christ has been sent into the world. We are the church of the living God that has been invested with doxa, D-O. XA, which interpreted means glory. We are invested by the glory of God. When the Holy Ghost filled us, we are now invested with the glory of God Almighty. Hallelujah. Which allows us to participate in authority and power that Jesus Christ had. Well, what are you talking about, preacher? The Bible says in Acts chapter number 1, verse number 8, it says, But ye have received Power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Now the word power, the Greek word is dunamis. And that means ability, abundance, violence, worker of miracles. That's what that word means. And if we are sent into this world, and if we are vested with glory, if we have the glory, and if we have the power of God, then there is going to be miracles in our midst. may say, Pastor, it's a wicked and untoward generation that seeks after signs. No, I don't seek after signs. Signs seek after me. What are you talking about? The Bible says in Mark chapter 16, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Hallelujah. I'm not looking for signs. Signs are looking for me. And so let me pause here for a moment and tell the church this. There is nothing like the church of the living God. There is nothing more profound than the church of the living God. There is nothing that is far, that is more far reaching than the church of the living God. You ought to be thankful tonight that you're in the church. Where would I be tonight if it wasn't for a church? Where would I be tonight if it wasn't for a preacher that got behind this pulpit and preached the gospel to me? Where would I be? The church is not a little insignificant institution. It was the thought concept of God before the beginning of time. The Bible says that the church was predestined. God had an invisible thought in his mind. And we now, we here tonight in Belle Glade, Florida, are the visible expression of the invisible thought that God had before the foundation of time. We are living in a prophetic moment here tonight. I don't know about you, but that makes me excited. And so let me just stop for a minute and say this. There is, no more, there is no profession that is more important 
than the church of the living God. There is no higher calling than to be part of the church of the living God. No amount of money, no amount of fame, and no amount of fortune is worth me trading my life and my church or selling out my God or selling out my church. People tonight are gathering, I believe it is in Los Angeles, and they're gathering together for the Oscars. And I, I, you can't help but read something that comes up on the Yahoo um, webpage. It says, uh, the Oscars have star power tonight. Everyone's coming on the red carpet tonight. Well, we might not have a red carpet in here. We might have a green carpet. And the real star is in the house. His name is Jesus. J-E-S-U-S. I don't need to worship at the feet of Hollywood. I don't need to worship at the feet of rock stars and rap stars and hip-hop stars. I worship at the feet of Jesus Christ. There is nothing more important. There is nothing more powerful. And the church of the living God. You know what? There's so many folks today that walk around and they try to act like their church isn't cool. I'm trying to get you to understand that the church is the greatest thing in the world. I know one thing. Your senior pastor believes it. He goes into every restaurant acts like he owns the place because he is sent on a mission from God. Some of y'all would change your attitude if you realize just who you are. I'm a child of the king. I'm telling you, it would change the way you acted. Would you come to my church, please? It was over there, Bill Glee. It would change the way you think if you thought... And if you knew that you worked for the greatest institution on earth. I know what I'm talking about. I've seen some people. Oh, I work for NASA. And I'm a doctor. And I'm a lawyer. And nothing against those professions. I'm thankful for them. We need them. That's great. Go find out how many more planets there are. Why don't you just ask Jesus when you get to heaven? All right. Save you a bunch of billions of dollars there. But anyway. But then you got somebody in the church. Please come to my church. What are you? I'm apostolic. Is that okay? I know I'm telling the truth. But if you know that you work for the greatest thing, it's better than NASA. It's better than any Fortune 500 company. I feel like preaching tonight. You'd go up to somebody and say, Hey, you need to come to my church tonight. It's in Belle Glade, the Apostolic Church of Jesus Christ. It's the greatest thing happening. The church is alive. The church is on the move. I want to tell you tonight, there's a church that God wants, and there's a church the world needs. And I'm not talking about just any church with just any old doctrine, with just any old form of praise, and with just any old form of holiness. I'm talking about the true church. I'm talking about the only church. I'm talking about the church that was found in the book of Acts. I'm talking about the church of the living God that's connected to the living root. 
How are we connected to his living root? The living root, Jesus Christ. Well, we're obeying his precepts. We're obeying his teachings. We're obeying everything that the word of God says. And you know what? I don't really care if the world doesn't understand it. It doesn't matter to me if they don't uh, or if they ridicule me because I look holy and because I dress different and I don't go to the bars and I don't go to the clubs. That's all right. They don't understand the church of the living God. But I have tasted of something that this world has not had the opportunity to taste of. It's called the Holy Ghost. And once they'll taste it, they will know what I know. Hallelujah. No program disconnected from the living root can substitute for the glory of God. No music program, no matter how talented they are, can substitute for the glory of God, lest they are connected to the living root. No preaching that is disconnected from the living root can substitute for the glory of God Almighty. It doesn't, it doesn't matter to me how many long words they say. It doesn't matter to me uh, how much they hoop. We call it hoop back where I'm at. And God said, uh, and God said, uh. you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> It doesn't matter to me how good they can hoop. No matter how good they can rhyme the words together. If they're not connected to the living root, I don't want anything to do with it. What are you saying, Pastor? If they don't preach Jesus' name baptism, I don't want it. If they don't preach holiness, I stay away from it. I want to be connected. <laughs> To the living root. Now, and I'm coming to a close already. I hope it's not too short. There is nowhere in history that defines the purpose of humanity. You can look in history texts. You can go to social studies. You can go to history 101, 201, 301, 401, 501. You can get a master's degree in history. You can get a doctorate degree in history. And I promise you, there is not one place in history that defines the purpose of humanity. What are you talking about, Pastor? I'm trying to tell you, you can go to school the rest of your life. You can talk to the brainiest people in the world, the doctor, 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 doctor this and doctor that, and they will not be able to answer and tell you the purpose for your life. But the church can. I talked about it just briefly this afternoon. That's why people are wander around lost. That's why people are addicted to drugs, addicted to alcohol. That's why people are addicted to immoral lifestyles. Because they are trying to find an answer to the age-old, ancient question, What is my purpose? purpose is, even as you have sent me, even now, I send them into the world. Our purpose for living here is to be part of the church and to be sent into the world, to be kept and protected from evil, and to tell as many people as we possibly can about the precious gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. I wonder what would happen tonight if we really believed what was preached. That the greatest thing in the world 
is being part of the apostolic church of Jesus Christ. I wonder what would happen next Sunday. I wonder if there'd be any open spaces on our pews next Sunday. If we really believed it. If you had the cure for AIDS in your pocket. Would you just keep it to yourself? Or would you run through the streets of Belglade knocking on doors of people you know had this horrid HIV virus and say, hey, I've got something for you. You knock on their door. You say, here, take this. They'd say, I'm not taking it. Yes, you are. It will heal you. It will save you. It will deliver. You need to take it. You need, I'm not taking no for an answer. The remedy is in here. The solution is in here. The vaccine is in here. No, get away. I'm not leaving until you take it. But you do have something that is greater than the HIV vaccine. You have the gospel. The gospel will give them life. And it will give them life more abundantly. And so the next time you knock on the door and you say, Will you please come to my church? And they say no. You say, Hold on. Let me tell you about the greatest institution in the world. This institution will give you purpose. This institution will save you. This institution will deliver you. But preacher, I'm not a preacher. Yes, you are. You're a preacher of the gospel that has been sent into this world. Can I get an amen from somebody tonight? I was knocking on doors one day. And I don't knock on the door timidly knock on a door like I've got an answer. I'm knocking on all kinds of doors. And when I go door knocking, I very rarely knock over or get to talk to over 10 people because people invite me in the house. They talk to me. We pray together, all kinds of different stuff. I was on my sixth door of the day. And I knocked on this door and I noticed a little thing in the window that said some verse. I don't know what verse it was, but I knocked on the door and the lady came to the door and, and she said, hello, can I help you? I said, I'm Pastor Phil Endress from the Rock Church in Gary, Indiana, and the Lord has sent me to your door. I said that to everybody because the Lord did send me to their door. See, the church doesn't realize that we are commissioned by God and that when we go, we go in the authority of Jesus Christ. The Lord has sent me to your door. And she gets up and she starts tearing up and crying. She says, you'll never believe this. I was just down on my knees asking God to send someone to my door. I said, you mean just like 10 seconds ago when I was knocking on your door that you were praying for God to send someone? She said, yes, I was. I said, well, here I am. Did I have some people shut the door on me? Yeah, a couple. But I had this woman come to my door and say that she was down on her knees praying that God would send someone to her door. And I said, well, sister, I'm here, and, and God sent me here, so what do you need from God? And she says, well, I want to learn. And this, this lady is about 70, 75 years of age. She says, I need to learn more about the word of the Lord. I said, no, really, what is your need? 
I've seen all kinds of Bibles in her house, highlighters, everything. She was learning the Word of God. She goes, I have a brain tumor. I need healing of a brain tumor. I said, well, I think God has sent me here today to pray for your brain tumor, and I believe that God can heal that brain tumor. I asked her, how long? I mean, how long do you have to live? What, what's the deal? And she said, well, the doctors aren't letting me know, but I know this, that it's not too long when you've got a tumor in the brain. And so I said, listen, sis, I've got to run today, but I'm sending someone by to come pick you up tonight. We have church on Wednesday night. I want you to come to church. She said, oh, I, you would actually pick me up for church? I said, absolutely. We'll send someone by. We're going to pick you up. You're going to come to church and, and praise God. She came to church that night. God filled her with the Holy Ghost. She was rebaptized in Jesus' name. And four years later, she's still living. I wish somebody would bow up tonight. I wish somebody would get your shoulders straight and your head up and say, I am a child of the King. Everywhere I go, I'm going in the name of Jesus. One last thing and I'm done. I got a call. Oh, let's see. I was here a year ago. I got a call a little bit before I came here a year ago. It was from a college professor at Indiana University Northwest. And they were doing um, a, a class on um, diversity, but not just diversity. I'm trying to think of the word that they called it. They were doing a study on um, religion, religion being a suppressing force in the United States of America. So they called me up and they said, we've gotten your name from somebody and we hear that you would be an interesting speaker for our class. I said, well, I don't know. I'll probably be interesting uh, because I'll probably say some things you don't like. (laughs) And she goes, that's good. Be as controversial as you possibly can. We love it. That's exactly what we want. Be as controversial as possible. And so um, I said, okay. And actually the title of the course was Diversity in a Pluralistic Society. And I had, I know a little bit about pluralism, but I thought it was pearlism, not pluralism. Pluralism with an L, -L P-L-U-A-R-I-S-M. That's what it is. But I thought it was pearlism, P-E-A-R-L-I-S-M, meaning uh, physical evidence and reason logic. So I thought I was going in there to try to prove the Bible correct. I thought this is going to be interesting. And so I had my, my deal all together, and I got down to pray about two hours before the class. Lord, anoint me. Lord, help me. Uh, let my mind be sharp. Let me remember all the, the word of the Lord. Let me be able to quote Scripture like I've never quoted it before. Um, don't let me use notes, God. I want to be able to just go in there and flow. And... Uh, The Lord said, I I think you probably need to call the professor again. And so I called the professor and I said, I just want to confirm for the class today, I'm teaching diversity in a pearlistic society, correct? And she said, yes. I said, just spell pearlism for me real quick. And she said, P-L-U-A-R. I said, oh, no. That's not what I'm ready for, God. I'm ready for P-E-A-R-L-ism. 
And she said, it's pluralism. And I said, oh, great. All right. Well, I'll see you in an hour. I started to get online, and I was scrambling. I was thinking, okay, okay, let me gather some information. I just want to see where, where they're coming from. I, I've got to see all of this. And I remembered she had sent me a textbook. So I went and grabbed the textbook, and I read 45 pages of college deal, just scanning through. I go, oh, Lord Jesus, you're sending me into the lion's den. Because the whole thing was how Christianity has taken over the United States. And we impose our ways. And Christians aren't fair. And Christians are mean-spirited. And Christians are judgmental. And I thought, man, if you think those Christians are judgmental. <laughs> I said, all right, Lord, I don't have time to study. I don't have time to do anything. You are going to have to fill my voice today. I drive over to the college, and um, she said, now, I just want to let you know the makeup of, of the classroom. She says there's about four or five homosexuals. There's probably seven or eight atheists. Um, there's some uh, people that uh, are Muslim. There's some others that are Christian. There's some that are very conservative Christians. There's some that go to non-denominational churches. And so that's kind of the crowd that you're preaching and, well, she didn't say preaching, you're talking to today. And I said, oh, thank you. And so I, I just got to be honest with you. I didn't have a clue what I was going to say. I'm sitting on the front row waiting for her to introduce me. And she did this big, long introduction. She put, I don't know where she got it. Oh, yes, I do. She got it from our website. She throws my big old picture up there, says that I'm a, like a world-renowned speaker and basically theologian. I'm thinking, oh, God, have mercy. She's saying all this stuff about me, and then she calls me up to speak. And right in that one moment before I got up, I said, Lord, I'm walking up here like I know what I'm going to say, so you're going to have to fill my mouth. And I said, so good to be here with you today. And for two and a half hours, without pause, I can't tell you exactly everything that I talked about. I talked about this, that the Christians that you read about in that textbook is not what I am. I am apostolic. I am after the book of Acts chapter number 2. And I would agree with most of the assertions made in your textbook that Christianity is imposing their ways, like imposing the doctrine of the Trinity, being that there is no such thing. And oh, she started liking it. She almost gave me an amen. Be controversial. Yes. And for two and a half hours, I go and it, I'm telling you, it was the best I've ever taught. It was the best I've ever preached. I wish they were taping the thing because I would buy the tape myself. <laughs> it was the best I've ever spoken in my life. I was thinking, oh, I, while I'm speaking, Lord, I don't know how you're doing this, but this is really cool. <laughs> It was just coming out of me. I felt the anointing there. And after it was done, the classroom gave me a standing ovation. And then the teacher says, well, the class has a few questions for you. And I'm waiting on the class to ask the questions. And she begins to ask the question. The class would like to know if you think homosexuality is a sin. I said, yes, it is. No pause. Yes, it is. And I said, but I will tell you this. My God is a God of love. And I love the homosexual. I don't like the sin. I love the homosexual. And what the homosexuals, and some of you are in this class, what you have been taught 
is that Christians hate you. And that is absolutely absurd. We love you, but we believe that you need to be delivered from the sin that has you bound. And right about that time, (laughs) you didn't need the Holy Ghost to know that this brother over here was a homosexual. He started to cry and tears were coming down his face. I started thinking to myself, Holy Ghost, we're going to have a time today. Then a lady rose her hand, raised her hand. She goes, I don't really have a question, but I have a statement. And she's crying when she's raising her hand. I'm thinking, oh, Lord, this could be really good or this could be really bad. And she opens her mouth and she says, I dreaded coming to this church today. I am a backslid apostolic. She was talking the church lingo to me, and I was getting it. I am a backslid apostolic, and I've heard nothing but judgmental this and judgmental that. And when I came here, I feel the love of God. You haven't backed up. You haven't backed up from the teachings of the Word of God, but I feel the love of God when you speak, and it's overwhelming me today. Another person raised their hand, and she said, I'm Catholic. Are you saying that I need to be baptized in Jesus' name? I said, yes. I'm not telling this story to build me up here. Please, please, please. I'm telling you this story to let you know if you operate with confidence and if you operate knowing that you are part of the greatest organization and organism in the world, God will open doors that you never thought would be opened. So I get a call from her in July few months after the the session and she says pastor Endress, would you mind coming back and teaching again for us i said uh when she goes anytime you want (laughs) i said well what does that mean she goes i would like you to teach two sessions and i said well let me ask you a question why she said because when our students from the last class did their final paper every single one of them said the most impacting thing in the whole semester was when you came in and taught them. Again, I don't get any glory here. It wasn't me, it was God. But I will say this. It would have never happened if me, if I didn't understand that I am part of the greatest thing in the world, the church of the living God. Now, I'm going to say one more thing, and I'll be done, I promise. I did a study on music a couple years ago because my youth group was enthralled with worldly music, and I, I just, I couldn't stand it any longer. You can't just tell people it's wrong anymore. You can't just get up and preach and say, hey, that's wrong, don't do that. They want to know why. Just do it. But I I told them why. And I did it in in three different volumes and all kinds of hours and all kinds of different teachings. And so fearless DVDs, they they went everywhere. I mean, Australia, the United Kingdom, everywhere. I, I, I can't believe it. I got a call one day from a basketball player. The basketball player was my friend. He played overseas in the Italian league. He was very good, obviously. And he went to high school with um, 
I don't want to say his name, but just say he was a former MVP of the NBA. And he calls me and says, listen, I cannot believe how awesome these DVDs are and what I'm learning. He says, if I give you a couple addresses, will you send them to these NBA players? I said, sure, absolutely. And so he told me the names of the NBA players. I said, really? Both of these NBA players, one was an all-star, one is an all-star this year. I emailed them, or not emailed them, but I mailed them out to them. I called them in about a month or so, and I said, hey, have you gotten any feedback yet? And they said, oh, yes, I've gotten feedback. They loved them. They've thrown away their rap music. They've thrown away their hip-hop music. They don't listen to that stuff any longer. They don't go those places any longer. And I've seen a visible change, and I have a confession. I do, I do keep up with this guy now just to make sure that he's living right or living better. And he's made a stand in the media. He says, I don't party any longer. I don't drink. I don't do that stuff. I don't do that stuff. I don't do that stuff. I'm telling you, Bell Glade has already made a major impact around this world. But I don't believe that we've even scratched the surface yet. What you all can do through the power of the Holy Ghost, connected to your pastor in the church of the living God, you can change this world. Will you believe that you are part of the greatest thing in the world? There is a church that God wants. And there is a church the world needs. Stand to your feet and raise your hands unto the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let's thank the Lord for the church tonight, shall we? Where would you be if it wasn't for the church of the living God? Why don't you thank the Lord for the Holy Ghost tonight? Why don't you thank Him for Calvary tonight? I feel it would be in order if we just stepped out of our pew right now and came to this altar. Come on, somebody needs to believe that this is the greatest thing in the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Yeah. Come on, just lift up your hands to heaven. If the people of God could just realize that you're anointed that you have been sent. Come on, lift those hands and lift those voices to heaven. My sacrifice is less than giving you my very best. Let me remember Calvary's cross and be willing to say yes. I will give you all. I will give you all. 
If all is what you ask of me, I will not withhold. And if my sacrifice is less than giving you my very best, let me remember Calvary's cross and be willing to say, make this your prayer. I will give you all. I will give you all. If all is what you ask of me, I will not withhold. 